Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. I want to talk to you for a little while about the PATH principle. The PATH principle is very important because it's one of those principles that's in place whether you like it or not. It's like if you step off of a building. Gravity is in place whether you like it or not. It's one of those things that's a principle. And you can either put it into your life and benefit by it, or you can try to ignore it and you have to suffer the consequences of it. And that's the only way that principles work. And there are many principles in the Word of God that people can employ and put into their life and they don't maybe even know that they're doing that. Principles of work ethic, principles of being honest, uh, principles of being uh, of good character and good integrity. Those things are things that come from the Word of God. And, and if we do those things, our life is blessed. So I want to give you something that will bless you today. Is that all right? Would you stand for the reading of the Word today? It's kind of our custom. Welcome all the visitors, Life Spring. Would you give them a big hand and welcome them? Amen. God bless you for being here. It's an honor to have you. So John chapter 14, verse 6 and 7, we're going to go to today. We're just going to huddle around that verse. And then I want to grab Proverbs 16 and 9, but mainly John 14, 6 and 7. We're preaching Jesus this year. And this is a passage that's very important, written in red letters. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And then the next verse says this. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. In other words, Jesus was saying, you have to go through me. But if you see me and you know me, you've seen the Father. Because he is in me. Amen. And then Proverbs 16 and 9, it says, A man's heart deviseth his way. Everyone say way. But the Lord directeth his steps. In another translation in the Amplified, it says this, A man's mind plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps and makes them sure. How many are glad God directs your path? Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you for a little while about something very important. It will change your entire life if you get this right right now. And if you haven't had it right, you'll you'll recognize consequences from this principle. And I want to talk to you about the principle of the path. Jesus, bless the hearing of the word. Help us to plant it deep in our hearts, but help us to not only just hear, but to do the word. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I just want to start out with a little survey today, if I could. How many are one of those people that get lost easily? Raise your hand. You want to, all right, yeah, see, you know, one thing that happens whenever you ask that question is people raise their hand, then they look at the person next to them, like, yeah, you know, I'm one of those. How many are married to a person that gets lost easily? Okay. Now, how many are a person that's not one of those? They're, you, you, you pretty, you're pretty good with directions. Generally, I think that God doesn't pair up people that are lost people with the people that are not lost people. He usually gives you somebody that can tell you where to go. So I'm one of those lost people, and I just want to explain to you because sometimes people think that one of those people that just get in their car and start driving, and they're check, you're checking out the scenery. Maybe you've recognized this. You're like, oh, yeah, they're finishing that building and you're just kind of enjoying the drive and all of a sudden you realize I'm lost. <laughs> and so like my wife isn't very good with directions. My son is very good with directions. So I have two people to always tell me where to go. 
which is great because that way I just don't have to worry about it. But really, I want you to understand that these kind of people like me, we're we're really not the kind of people that don't have that that have a problem with detail. It's not really that so much as it is. We just enjoy doing what we're doing while we're doing it and picking up all these different things that are going on in the environment. And then all of a sudden, we realize, wait a minute, we're not on the right road. And I don't know if you noticed this or not, but. You don't know you're lost until after you're lost. Have you ever realized that? Maybe I could say it a better way, but you don't know you don't know you're getting lost until you're already lost. You don't know the point at which you started getting lost until you realize, hey, I'm lost, and then you start backtracking and realize, okay, I got off there. But one of the things that I found out is that sometimes asking somebody where to go, like have you pulled over and asked for instructions or directions, and they live there, but they can't tell you how to get there? Have you ever met someone like this? This is kind of perplexing to me because they're like, if you if you talk to somebody and you ask them, how do I get from here to another location? And they're like, they're like trying to give you instructions and you realize about two seconds in that they are absolutely no help to you. Have you ever had this happen? You're like, hey, hey, could you help me? I need to get over to the amphitheater or wherever you're going. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, from here? And you're like, no, from Afghanistan. Of course, from right here. That's and That one question alone is enough for me to go, you know what? I think I'll find it on my own. How many use your GPS like, like a beast? Um, anybody, if you don't have your phone, you don't know how to find things? I, I travel some, and if I didn't have my phone, man, we would get lost. My, my boss and I, just to give you a little bit of background, my boss and I were traveling in... We were in uh, New York, and we had to drive through New York to get to New Jersey. And we were supposed to be on this main road, and every time he opens his phone to deal with his GPS, it's always an argument. you know anybody that argues with their GPS? So he's always having this argument. He's like, come on, what's the matter with this thing? And he's yelling at his phone because it's not updating. And we ended up getting on Manhattan Island and getting stuck for 35 minutes because we got on the wrong road. We're on the wrong path, amen? So we ended up in traffic, sitting there with all these people, trying to find our way back off the island, and it was a consequence that cost us almost an hour. And so I was sitting there going, you know what, maybe I should just navigate for him, because he's one of those people that gets lost. And if you have a friend like that, you can be a great help to them, obviously, by helping them out. But the point that I'm trying to make is that in, in life, we have to realize that it's not our intentions It's not our dreams, it's not our hopes that decide where we end up. Truly, in everything in life, there are are, are situations that can direct our path. Usually it's what captivates us, what gets our attention. That usually is what turns our direction in life. But you have to know that no matter what you dream, no matter how good your intentions are, that will never get you to your destination where you need to be. The only thing that gets you to your destination is your direction. So your direction determines your destination. Say that with me. Your direction determines your destination. If I were to want to go on vacation right now to a very warm place, which we all like to do right about this time, go to Florida maybe. I have a friend that just woke up in Florida, said it was 73 degrees on Facebook. I was like, oh, yeah, I'd like that. And so I was I was thinking, you know, if, if I wanted to go to Florida and I just packed the car up and put the luggage in and, and put, you know, the, the beach towels and the beach ball and throw everything in the car and we jumped in the car and we drove out onto the freeway and we took I-43 north, we would never get to Florida, would we? 
and we could get out in Green Bay or we can get out in Minnesota and stomp our feet and be so aggravated and blame God and say all these things about why can't we get to Florida? It's getting colder, not warmer. We could be so upset, but that is true so much in the geographical sense, but we don't always apply it in the spiritual sense where, where we understand that trails and pathways and roads take us somewhere. And if we're not on the right road, we're not going to get where we need to be. We have to understand that there's the same principle at work in the path of our spiritual life, that God literally has directive from the word of God on how we get to a place of blessing, to a place of understanding, to a place of hope, to a place of joy. And if we don't know how to get there, we literally will not find it. We will spend our wheels and sometimes even spend our entire life reaching for something or driving towards something that we can never get to because we were always on the wrong path in the first place. You have to understand the, the principle of the path. The Bible says that a man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directs his steps. In other words, if God is Lord, the word Lord is capital O. L-O-R-D. It means Yahweh or Jehovah, God of all creation. That he, if he is Lord of your life, if you put him Lord of your life, a lot of people want a Savior, but not many people want a Lord because a Lord can tell you what you can and cannot do, where you should and should not go. And there is a truth about that that's very real that doesn't always plug into our society today. We have to be willing to have pliable hearts and willing minds that if God says do this or don't do that, that we are willing as individuals to humble our own way and direct, let him direct our path. Amen? So in the Amplified, I noticed that it was saying something beautiful where it says, if you throw that back up there, that slide, it says that God is very willing to let our minds plan our way. He's, he's very willing for us to let us spend our time uh, planning our direction and what we want to do and setting out plans for our life. But the Bible says that he will make sure that the steps that we take are sure or the right way. I'm also grateful that God makes our path straight. And sometimes at the beginning of the year, we spend time uncluttering our lives and we should spend time doing declutter. It's always, there, there's buildup of things and the Bible talks about that it's important that we do that. And in some places in scripture, it talks about making paths straight. And it's literally making a way for yourself that's not crooked or bent or where you would literally fall off the path. It talks in the Old te- in, in the New Testament, it said, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And this is what he says, For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying the voice, he's talking about Jesus. There's the voice or about John the Baptist, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. In other words, if you're going to have God show up in your life, you've got to prepare the way for him to show up in your life. You have to be honest. You have to be willing to lay down some things. And you also have to be willing to make preparations for him to be there. You're going to have to get up. You're going to have to make it to church sometimes. You're going to have to spend some time under the word of God. Amen? Hearing the word of God so that your vo- the voice that you hear and, the, and the, the person that's speaking can speak into your life from the word of God. And that you will hear and your paths can be straight. In another place, it talks about in verse 12 of the same chapter, wherefore, lift up your hands, lift up the hands that hang down and the feeble knees. In other words, hands that are exhausted and knees that are tired and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way. But 
let it rather be healed. In other words, he's saying when you're tired and when you're exhausted, go back and declutter your life. Find a place to simplify your life. And when you do that, you will find a place where you can be healed. It's interesting that we find that in the scripture. There's also another path that I want to talk to you about. This is my second point, is the path of the wicked. Everyone say wicked. There is a path spoken of in Job 6.18. The path of their ways are turned aside. They go to nothing but perish. And it says, and they perish. Proverbs 1 and 15 says, My son, walk not thou in the way of them. Refrain thy foot from their path. In other words, there's a direction and a path that people take that leads to destruction. And there's, there's a capacity in all of us to see something coming. How many have ever been in a situation where you're driving in a car and you see two cars headed toward each other and you know they don't see each other and for that one split second it's like you're God just for a second but it's like you're God and you can you can see an accident coming before it happens and then all of a sudden it's like you just watch the accident happen and you knew it was going to happen before and maybe you've had this experience maybe you haven't but I have a daughter a little daughter that used to love to rollerblade and a son that was on his bike and he was a little daredevil and I could watch them before they got in the accident I could actually see it coming and I was like oh no have you ever seen that YouTube video I don't know if you've seen it but awesome dads where these dads are like grabbing these kids right before they hit stuff sometimes I had one of those moments every once in a while I just had to watch it happen and then go bandage them up you know and take care of them but even in that situation there's there's something that we have to understand that Proverbs talks about people with discretion shall preserve their way so Proverbs 2 and 11 individuals that can see danger coming or see problems coming, they protect themselves. They don't just let it happen. They don't just say, well, whatever, you know, it's it's something I can't control. They literally preserve themselves by doing something about it. Proverbs 2, 11 through 15 says, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee, to deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh forward things, and this is King James, who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice to do evil and delight in the frowardness of the wicked. There are people that do this, whose ways are crooked and they and their paths are forward, or their forward is their past. And it says, it says in Isaiah 31, in uh, 3, 11 through 13, it says this, that that path can destroy future generations. It can destroy the opportunity for future generations. It says, woe unto the wicked, it shall be ill with them, for the reward of his hand shall be given him. As for many people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. Oh, my people, they which lead thee cause thee to err and destroy the way of the paths. In other words, there is a possibility that if there's someone that leads you astray or someone that leads you into error, that you can literally have a path destroyed where you cannot find your way back to God. And I've watched this happen in generations. And I'll tell you my story because I really feel like it's important that you understand where I'm coming from. Whenever I grew up, I grew up in a very difficult home. And in that home, there was things that happened, as all of us have happened. And there was abuses and there's times. And as I traveled this week, I I just got in last night, really late, like about midnight. As I traveled last week, I ended up back in Idaho. And whenever I was a child, we were running from the law because I didn't realize what was going on. But my stepfather was in very big trouble. And he was running from the law. And our family were just moving all around. And I didn't have much to do other than sit in my room because 
because I wasn't allowed to get out and do things. And, and, and I'm trying to be as, as, as reasonable as I can in the situation and, and dealing with it. And I'm trying to understand. But, but what I find out is my mom gets pulled over by the police and they find out that he's wanted for arrest. And they drive to our home and they take my stepfather to jail and they send him back to Alaska for the abuses that he had done to our family. I was physically abused. My sister's sexually abused. There's all this stuff going on that I couldn't quite comprehend as a child. And I don't want to freak you out in any way, but I want you to know that whenever things like that happen, you don't always know why it's happening to you. And you'll blame yourself as a child. You think, why is this? Is this something I did? Is it something that I've done that caused them to do that to me? And it's not your fault at all. It really is that they are messed up and they chose the path that they took. And you should not be ashamed of the fact that you pointed that out. And so as things happened and as things transpired, we moved back to Alaska because that's where everything took place. And I grew up up there. And from all of that damage and all that struggle, I thought, you know, there's no way that God could ever use my life. There's no way that God could ever find a place for me to be used by him. But I promise you this, that there was something deep buried in my heart. And I, I don't know necessarily that it was was everything that I knew, but it was prayers that were prayed. Because I, I don't know if you understand the power of prayer, but I sure know that because my life is a testimony of the power of prayer. I didn't know all the right paths to take. I didn't have all the knowledge, and I had not had a college education at that time, but all I knew is I had a hunger for God, and I wanted Him to use my life, even if it was broken, even if it was a life that didn't seem like anybody would find any source of wisdom from. I promise you today that whatever you give to God, He will make better, and when you put your life in His hands, He will make the path straight for you. And so what I found was the more times I just surrendered to God, just surrendered to God. I didn't know how to go or where to go, but I just began to surrender my life to God. And in every different place that I found struggle and I found difficulty, I just said, God, it's yours. I hand it over to you. I don't know what to do with this situation, but if you take it, and I tell you what, there was such a peace that came to my life, Carla, that God was going to handle it even when I couldn't handle it. There were things that happened in my life I didn't have money for. I didn't have time to do it. I didn't know how to do it. I began to pray and I needed more of a college. I'm sharing you my testimony for just a minute. I hope that's okay with you. I began to pray when I first got to Wisconsin. I said, God, when I came out of Bible college, I need more education. I'd like for you to provide that education. I'd like for you to provide a job in the town, where I, in the city where I live, and I'd like for you to provide a place for me to live in the city where I minister. Did you know that he answered all three of those prayers for me? He answered the fact that he gave me a job, and what happened was I began to work for a guy that said, if you come and you can handle this job, I will pay your way all the way through college. I will pick up the bill for you. And that was an answer to prayer. Someone said, amen. And then I began to take on that job and that job was in the city limits. And then we got a house and a place to live inside the city. And I know that may not seem like much to you, but it was a lot to me because I wanted to live in the city where I was trying to minister to people and trying to give back to people. And so God answered all three of those prayers, totaling somewhere, it was thousands of dollars of going to college. And I was grateful for it, but I promise you, I did not have a source of doing any of that. I had no way of getting that done, but I just put my feet in 
one direction. I just pointed my life toward God. And I said, God, if you would do this for me, I will serve you with my life. Not because you did it, but because my direction is going to be in a destiny that has divine or- orchestration. That God is going to live and through me and in me. And people are going to see that I love God and I serve God with my entire being. My family is going to show it. My life is going to show it. My decisions are going to show it. I'm going to be a true Christian and I'm going to do it because my life and my feet are on the right path. The Bible talks about a place where we seek God and wisdom and where prudence is necessary. Everyone doesn't really know the word prudence. It's an old King James version. I'm kind of caught because I'm 40. I'm caught between King James and new translations. And I like new translations, but sometimes I like the King James. So I apologize if you've never heard King James version and you're like, what? I don't know what he's even saying up there. I'll, I'll make sure I do better next time of having more amplified and different things. But this really is important because the Bible talks about prudence for our path. We have to be cautious and careful on the path of life. So don't, in, in, the, in the overall understanding of our path, I, I think some of us are very exploratory. How many are explorers? Anybody here? You just like to go search things out? And I was, I was snowboarding. I apologize for the example, but it's the only examples that I have, so I have to use what I live, okay? So I was snowboarding on Friday at Jackson Hole because uh, we had a job in Idaho, and we were like two hours away from Jackson Hole, and we could not. Being Growing up in Alaska, snowboarding, I could not let that go by. They were like, oh, let's go to the Grand Targhee, this, this resort over here. And I'm like, are you kidding me? We are two hours from Jackson Hole. Hello, people. <laughs> so I was like, I was really pushing to go, you know? So we got out there and, and the mountain beat me up pretty good. And I was having a lot of fun. But when I got off the chairlift, I got off this big gondola thing and it takes you like three quarters of the way up. And I hadn't been on a snowboard in like a year, you know. So I grew up on a snowboard and I was good. And I look over the edge of the hill and I'm like, I don't remember it being that steep. <laughs> I don't remember it being that scary. And, and they're like, you ready? I'm like, sure, yeah, I got to commit, you know, got to do this. So we took off and I was like, all right, got my feet back really quick. And I was having a good time, you know, carving down the hill. And so then we're riding all together and then we got separated. And, and my boss and his son started doing runs together and I kind of got separated. I'm like well, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm going to go explore the mountain. So I take off and I don't even know where I'm going. Okay, Reese, I'm just going to explore. You know, some of us do this in our spiritual life. We can take off in a direction and we're just trying to figure out what God is. And sometimes we need guidance and signs and posts and different things. So I'm just traveling around the mountain and I get like so far away over on the left side of the mountain that I'm trying to get back. And, um, and so I'm, I'm just taking these different trails. I don't even know what they're named. I'm just like seeing them. I'm trying to stay on blue trails not black. And I get to this area where I have no options but to take black diamond. And it's like, what in the world's going on? How did I get in this situation? Have you ever had someone in your life that tells you a story about their life? It says, well, this happened and that happened. And then all of a sudden I was over here and then my husband left or this happened. And And you're, you're sitting there and you're hearing the story and you're like, well, what did you expect? You know, didn't you see that coming? You know, and I, maybe it was because they didn't quite understand the scenario, but some of us have friends that have told us stories like that. And we're like, I, I saw that coming before you did. I, I could pick that out. You were on a path that was headed in that direction. And why are you, why are you surprised that you ended up there? That was your destination. And so it's really important that you check where your feet start. 
So sometimes whenever you talk to a pastor and you ask him things about, hey, pastor, what do you think I should do in this situation? And the pastor says, you know what? I wouldn't do that if I were you. And you have no no check in your spirit. There's nothing that says, eh, you're like, I could do this or I could do that. And you just think it's another option. And it even might look like a good option. And your pastor says, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Because your pastor knows judgment. And sometimes we talk about young people not having good judgment. Reese, he's our youth pastor. But judgment really is this. Judgment really is just experience and time. You, you get a lot of good judgment just from experiencing things and having time. And so if you don't have good judgment and you go and you ask somebody and they're like, that may not seem like a problem right now, but if you put your feet in that direction, your destination is going to be dangerous. They know the start could end up somewhere. And so that's why there's a lot of protections in the word of God of where we can and cannot or should and should not. And I'm not just saying rules. I'm just saying those are protections for us. So I start and I get over to this diamond, double diamond hill and I take off down the hill and I'm like, I'm going to do good. And I fall on my back and I like slide like 40 yards on my back. And I turn around, I look up the hill and there's this big butt print down the hill. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, that was me. (laughs) I look around to see if anybody looked, you know, I was like, I look up the chairlift and chairlift's not moving. There's no one on. I'm like, thank you, Lord. You spared me that humiliation. (laughs) And that, so then I got back up and I did better, you know, I, I was like doing good. But, you know, sometimes you get into a place where you have no good options when you just let your life be guided by your feelings or wherever you want to go. But if you truly are cautious or prudent or careful about your life, you will make sure that you're taking a step in a direction that leads to a good destination. Amen? Am I making sense? Okay, good. I just want to make sure that you understand that I'm not here by happenstance. There's a lot of things that could have kept me from being a pastor that I had to put aside. And now, even now, I have to constantly reevaluate what I'm doing and make sure that I'm continually putting my feet back on the right path. So that's why it's important since we're in January not to make resolutions, but to make sure that you're putting God first. And Proverbs tells that the prudence is important. Proverbs 8.12 says, I, wisdom, dwell with prudence. In other words, wisdom is with prudence or with caution. And I find knowledge and discretion. Proverbs 13, 16, they might not throw these up, but listen to me carefully. In everything, the prudent acts with knowledge. In everything, the cautious, excuse me, acts with knowledge, but a fool flaunts his folly. Proverbs 27, 12. These are very important verses. The prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. It's like, you see it coming, you see it coming, and, and, and the Bible says the prudent like takes caution and stops. But those that are not, those that are simple, they go on and they suffer for it. In First Peter 4 and 7, it says this, The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled, prudent, self-controlled, and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. And then Proverbs 15 and 5 says, A fool despiseth his father's instructions, but whosoever heeds reproof is prudent. Not only is it being careful and cautious, but it's being willing to learn all the time. You may have a job or you have a boss or a superior that's just not really deserving of your attention or not even really deserving of your respect, but the Bible says that if you're prudent, you will hear reproof no matter who it's coming from. If they, if they 
challenge you or if they correct you or they're like trying to have you do a better job in some area, but they don't even do it themselves, just understand that as a prudent and a cautious person, you should take the good out of what they say and leave the rest there. You know what I'm saying? Take the good and spit out the bones. If they if they come to you and they get on to you about something that you're doing at your job and you're and they're not even doing it well, just go ahead and do it better than your boss does it. And sooner or later, you might be promoted above them and you might be managing. I've seen people get put above others that had something, a vendetta against them, and they just kept on living for God and being cautious in their work and doing things prudently and God elevated them and lifted them up and put them as a general manager over that person that really didn't like them. I'm telling you, these principles work. If you take the principle of the path and you're cautious about where God's leading you, you will find good come to your life. Proverbs 15.2 says, The tongue of a wise commends knowledge, but the mouth of fools pour out folly. There's so much about someone who is prudent and someone who is not. But I want you to know that there's very important truth of the word of God, and that is in Psalms. It says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. How many have ever heard that statement? In the old days, which would be kind of lame, because I'd hate to go back there, but they had lamps that were oil-driven. Um, they would put oil in them and light the wick, and a lot of times they'd put them on a stick and put them out in front of them, and that's how they had light for their path. Um, and they would get as long of a pole as they could, some of them, so they could light the path further ahead of them. And so they would walk with this. And the Bible talks about it, the the Word of God being that lamp unto our feet, Ben, that literally for us to find the truth in the Word of God would be an illumination to the path that we walk. So it's not only important that we have the path principle in our life of what is good and what is right and what is important, but it's also important that we realize that the Holy Spirit has a function of revelation to us. And when the Holy Spirit gives us revelation, that revelation is for a path in our life. So when we start to hear the word of God preached and the God quickens our spirit and we feel like that, that, that word is for me, then we realize that when that revelation comes, when God gives a revelation from his word, it is always for the direction that you're going or a path that you are to take. And it's really important because I, I did a lot of... Um, I did a lot of double checking and guessing myself before I got lost on a mountain the other day. And I was thinking, you know, how can I get down without having to go the hard way? Because I left myself no options. And there really was no other way to get down except for to kind of just lay on my belly and roll myself down the hill. But at the end of the day, I realized that I put myself in that position. And maybe you have someone that you know that put, your, put themselves in a bad position or put themselves in a place where they're lacking or they have no options. If you would pray for them, I promise you God will put the path in front of them. God will give light to their path. He will make possible for them to see a way out of their struggle and their situation. And I've... I fell down the first hill, but I found this other way out, and it took me all the way around, but I got back to where I needed to be, and it was an easier trail than the double diamonds I was looking at, and it's just because I started looking at the signs, and the Bible says the Holy Spirit 
posts signs back into the Holy of Holies. The original place where we were supposed to be with God, the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit being that direction, being that path for us, that it, it posts signs back to the original order of creation, that the God, the God who came and died for us gave the Spirit of God so that we could have a compass, a spiritual compass inside of us to help us navigate through life. And as we begin to pray and seek God, there is something that happens. I can't quantify it. It's not scientific, but it is spiritual. And it is higher than our thinking, and it's higher than our ways. His way is higher than our way. We have to understand that. And that's why we have to know that the way is not just a path, but the way is a person. Our path is Jesus. Jesus Christ. He is the way, as I read to you, the truth and the life. In every translation that I've read of that scripture of John, if you throw that back up there, there is no place where it translates anything different than he is the way, the only way. He is the only truth. And I'm closing. And he is the only life. In other words, what it's saying is if you want a pathway, it's found in a person, the person of Jesus Christ. When you give your life to Jesus, you literally are saying, I want everything that you have for me, God, and I will be guided by you because you are my way. You're my way in, my way out. You're the way that I take. Would you stand with me today? Job had a struggle in his life where everything was taken. And he said, behold, I go forward and he is not there. And backward and I cannot perceive him. Have you ever been in a place where you could not perceive God? It's not a very fun place to be. On the left hand where he doth work, but behold, but I cannot behold him. In other words, he said he's a, he's a powerful God on the right hand and he works in our weakness on the left hand. And I don't know about you, but I want both his hands in my life. He says, I can't perceive him on the left hand where he doth work, but I, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand and I cannot see him. But he says something very powerful then. He said, but he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot has held its steps. His way have I kept and not declined. We don't have to have any emotionalism take place in this room right now. All we have to do is decide, I'm going to keep his ways. And if you decide that, God will direct your path. He said, I can't even perceive him. I don't notice him in my situation, working in my weakness, in my moments of weakness. I don't notice him working in power and might on the right hand. I, I don't see him bringing me out of some things that I really want to come out of. I don't see him healing or mending some things that I really would like to see mended in a relationship or in the family. I, don't, I just cannot perceive God working right now at all. But... My job is not to play God. My job is to keep my feet on the right path. And when I have kept my steps, he said, I held my steps on the path and I kept the way. I'm going to come out of this and I'm going to come out of this as gold. Gold is a precious metal. You guys know that. The last thing to come out of pure gold is silver. In order for you to get the best from God, he might have to strip away everything that's good sometimes to give you what's great. And that's sometimes something that's hard to let go of. But I tell you this, 
They call it a precious metal. If Job called it gold, his situation, his trial, when I come out of it, it's going to be gold. I can promise you this, that every trial and every struggle you go through, when you come out of it, if you keep your steps with God, Jesse, it's going to be precious to you. It's going to be a precious thing. Just as gold is a precious metal, you will literally look back and you'll go, I didn't like it when I was going through it. But it became something that changed me and built me into a deeper person than I could have ever been had I not gone through that struggle. It's a message for all of us today. Would you bow your heads with me, Jesus? I don't know who's in this room and I don't even know how this has has effect on some of us, but some of us have been down many paths and maybe some of them were dangerous in their destination. Maybe some were destructive. Maybe we're paying consequences right now from paths we took. But I pray a prayer to return us to a path of good. Jesus, in the overall understanding of what I've read here today, that you are the way, the truth, and the life. That if we don't know truth, we just need you in our life. If we find truth, if we don't know the way out of a situation, if we would just focus on you, Jesus, you will help us out of the situation. If we don't know how to deal with what's going on right now or where we've been or what we've gone through, God, you have been a God who has life for us in dead places. When we see no alternative, when we see no purpose, you speak and you breathe life back into things that we thought could have no good ending because you said you make all things work together for good. And if you would allow your presence to touch a situation in this room right now, God, we know there's strength that can come to that situation because where your presence is, there's fullness of joy and joy brings strength. And while we're talking about all of those things, would you work everything together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose? Would you receive the word of the Lord today? Would you lift your hands with me and just love the Lord? Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. Thank you, Jesus, for your kindness. Tanya, would you sing? Lord, we ask you to move. We ask you to touch. I want to open this altar for a time of prayer. If you've had a path that you've been on and you see the damage of that path and you want it made right, you're one prayer away from a new path. You're one prayer away from a change. You're one prayer away from a new life with God. I want to offer a new path to you today. Your direction determines your destination. Some of you have had dreams and you're not fulfilling those dreams. Some of you have great intentions and you have a great heart. You have such a deep heart and a loving heart, but you just don't have the capacity to do that because of the relationships you're in. And God wants to give you a new path today. Would you take a moment and would you surrender your life to him?